0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Valent podcast. I'm Simon Weissel and I'm your host for today's episode. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Alistair McEwen, owner at EcoPlum and Chris Rose, one of Alistair's customers, who has had a Valant heat pump installed in his home in Norfolk in 2020. Chris is also the director of Campaign Strategy Limited, a communications consultancy working for the public sector, NGO and private sector customers. In this episode, we'll be looking at some of the considerations Chris had when looking for a low-carbon heating solution. Firstly, thanks both for joining me today. Alistair, you've been helping Chris during the specification installation of his heat pump. Can you start by telling us a bit more about yourself and your company, Plum?
1: OK, well, firstly, thank you for having me here today. Um, it's an honour to be invited. Um, I started EcoPlum in 2004. Um, uh, basically, I retrained in plumbing and heating. Um... I saw. I call it eco plum because I foresaw a sort of move towards a more sustainable future, or a needed move to a more sustainable future. The main thing about our business is that we we're concerned with um, energy conservation, um, saving people money, and which is particularly poignant now in this energy crisis we find ourselves in, so our watchword or our strapline for our business is saving you the earth. That's basically to do with saving people money. Um, I am on the um, environmental page a bit, but I think the primary focus is to do with um, putting systems in that ostensibly save people money on their heating. Um, we're, we're based in, in, in two places. We're based in Brancaster on the North Norfolk coast and also in Port Leaven in uh, Cornwall, uh, South Cornwall. Um, we, uh, both places are quite off-gritty, quite oil-heavy, so it's a good place for renewable technology to, to take hold. Uh, I obviously started working in oil and I also am gas-safe
0: registered, so I work in gas too and also marine a bit. Brilliant, Alistair. Thank you. And Chris, coming to you, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, my name is Chris Rose.
2: Um, With my partner, Sarah, we've lived in the house we live in in North Norfolk, um, not far from Brancaster, um, where uh, Alistair's based for 20 years. And before that, we both used to work as environmental campaigners. Um, So we've been trying to green our house, an old Victorian house, over those last two decades, which is um, how we finally ended up getting a a heat pump.
0: So, Chris, I know you've briefly touched on your environmental background. Was that one of the major um, reasons why you chose a heat pump?
2: Yeah, it was the main reason why we chose a heat pump, because having bought green electricity tariff, main supply for ever since we moved here in 2000, um, and then getting solar pV and we had solar thermal for hot water on our roof at various times we 've um, put in the most energy efficient windows we could get we put external cladding on our house we 've increased the insulation um, I mean frankly it would have been cheaper and better to build a new house on the site but you can 't not allow to do that and lots of people are in that position. Then getting rid of the gas, the, uh, what when I was a kid they called North Sea gas, mainly methane, you know, which when you burn it creates lots of carbon. Um, for space heating and water heating, um, backup water heating was one of the last things left that we could actually change. So the natural thing to do was to get a heat pump because it's so much more efficient than just using direct electricity.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I think um, from from where I am at Valen, we see a lot of uh, homeowners that are choosing heat pumps as a really considered purchase. Now, I suppose in the UK, a lot of people actually choose the heating because it's broken down and they need it changing really, really fast, which is probably not always the most environmental way to do it. So we really need to start talking to homeowners about the considered purchase of of low-carbon heating technologies. Um, Alistair, question for you. Is it a massive considered purchase when you're talking to homeowners?
1: It is because it's a high capital expense. So I wouldn't say that the I, w- I would say it's to do with you know margins being very tight. Uh, it is quite a big capital outlay. Uh, there are government schemes in place to to help mitigate that. Um, But I I think with with Chris, I mean, if we talked about Chris's project, it it was a different consideration with Chris because Chris wanted something with a very low GWP, global warming potential. He didn't want a unit that contained any HFCs. He wanted something with a natural refrigerant, uh, i.e. RT90, which the Aerotherm Plus. And that's really how we came to use your technology, especially because we did the research. We found that it was the only one in the market with the, the lowest global warming potential, low decibel rating. High SCOPs, so very efficient, and capable of high temperatures because, you know, he his uh, his house had to be heated by radiators. Uh, we couldn't do it low temp, so we had to do you know a slightly considered you know mean temp
0: across the board. Yeah, and you t- I mean, you touched on financial incentives. Um, what sort of what sort of incentives are there out there at the moment? The the new government boiler upgrade scheme
1: launches. Um, It's it's a paltry £450 million. Uh, I think it's going to be massively oversubscribed. I'm not sure how it's going to go. But prior to that, um, there's been the RHI, um, Renewable Heat Incentive, running. Uh, That was indexed linked over seven years. So you you got better paybacks then. But I've been involved in, you know, countless government iterations of schemes, uh, which are mired in bureaucracy and uh, just... It's crazy. The barriers to entry as an installer, because of the bureaucracy involved, is quite considered. I mean, it's considerable. I mean, the the installation's hard enough. Yeah. And the paperwork's just the headache at the end of the day when you get back from the installation,
0: so... And, and Chris, I suppose when it came to your own property, was uh, was a heat pump the only product that you considered for low carbon? Or did you look at different products?
2: Well, we did think about using direct electrical heating, um, you know, through solid radiators or whatever. Um, And we... I mean, I I do work on uh, climate and energy policy stuff, so I was sort of vaguely aware of all the discussions about hydrogen and putting more hydrogen into the gas mix and things like that. But when you look at that, it doesn't really add up environmentally, and it also didn't look like it was going to happen anytime soon. And if it did happen, it was going to be done in stages in different places. And at the end of the line, in a little rural area, um, we certainly weren't going to be one of the first places that started experimenting anyway. So, as a mature technology which actually works perfectly well in lots of countries, heat pumps are the obvious thing to do and the fact that you know there's a job to do still with the the population the consumers like myself but an unusual example um, to explain to them that these things actually do work um, and that they are available and I totally agree that there's a lot of work to do with the suppliers and the way that they're marketed and the government lack of government information about it, uh, all of those sorts of things. Fortunately, we found Alistair, who did know about these things, and um, I think it was just your company and one other company from Sweden, I think, who at that point had natural refrigerant. Heat pumps on the market in this country
0: lovely, and I, th- I thank you ever so much for buying a valent heat pump, and it kind of brings me on to my next topic really so as a homeowner you 've had this heat pump installed now for a couple of years. Um, I just want to talk about what it 's like living with the heat pump, and I suppose specifically the installation side of it as well. Um, how did the installation go and how long did it take
2: well the I think anyone who's um, any consumer has to bear in mind that their house is only worth comparing to similar houses when you draw conclusions so in our case it's quite an old house and we had to get a lot of the uh, the, all the radiators replaced but that wasn't just because we got the heat pump we would have had to do that anyway because they were in a terrible state so that was the main work that was involved in terms of time and quite a lot of the cost the actual just restricting it to the installation of the heat pump um, Alistair and his team were here just for you know a few short bursts of days to do that and um, it was I would say that was the most painless end of the process from our point of view including putting in the um, hot water store And in terms of living with it, I mean, frankly, you don't really notice it. I'd say you notice it less, partly because it's outside than having a gas boiler in your house. But then you don't notice those until they go wrong. And uh, it's been very reliable. It's done the job it needs to do in terms of keeping our house warm. And once you get used to the fact that you haven't got very hot point sources around the house, like a very hot radiator, but the room just doesn't feel cold, then I think you would just adjust to it in the same way as you don't really spend much time thinking about your fridge.
0: I'm assuming you had a gas boiler in before, or an or
2: an oil boiler. Gas. We yeah. had gas and then condensing gas boilers, and now I think they mainly are...
0: And Alistair, I mean, it sounds like a pretty straightforward install. Um, was there any challenges on this install? Well, that you dare share with the client? As, as Chris said, the radiators
1: were, were a bit challenging because it's, it's a fairly small cottage. We had a bit of an issue with the primaries. the primaries coming off the, 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 c- the cylinder to the heat pump because it was located through an entrance hall, so we had to uh, ch- chase and channel a bit, and we had to put some insulated pipe work, obviously subground outside yeah. um, We weren't given a massive amount of space for our cylinder, so that had to be very compact. And also we had to future-proof a bit because they were converting next door as well, which is currently an ongoing project, Um, and there was a little cloakroom going to go in. So there was a bit of future-proofing to consider as well. But on the whole, no, it was great. It was, um, you know, and they make nice coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah,
2: that's always important. I think that one thing I would definitely say to um, other potential, anyone from the consumer side who's thinking of buying one of your products, whoever installs it, If you can make sure that the installer is also the plumber who does the radiators or whatever, if that needs to be doing, that's going to make life a lot easier. But that's just a general thing that applies to lots of different um, work, you know, because I can imagine if the two things are separated, that could lead you to many more potential problems than we had which is all about the the supply chain being joined up, I guess.
0: Alistair, I know um, this was actually your first installation of a valent heat pump. What sort of help did you, did you get from us? A considerable amount of help. Um, our, my rep,
1: Alan Kibble, I, I need to give a big shout-out to him. Lovely He's fellow, speaking. yeah. He's incredibly helpful. Uh, the technical support was 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 great. It was because I mean, I I don't know whether I can mention other competitors, but before, prior to to using your heat pumps, which we do exclusively, and uh, now we used to do a lot of Mitsubishi, um, uh, but it was really because of as we said before the, the GWP and the um, you know the high temp units as they were coming out. It's quite groundbreaking at the time, yeah. and and also I consider you know the Valiant product to be an engineers. It's definitely an engineers set up because you can you can bolt on, you can modify, you can design specifically. It's not a it's not shoehorned in. It's not a turnkey solution. It is designed. The system is literally designed for the individual's house and I like that because I can design it and make it run efficiently for each individual and every every home is different, every person is different. Everyone lives differently. Um So that's also important to understand how people live. Some people like 27 degrees in their home. Some people will, you know, would not switch anything on at all. Everyone is different. Did we help with any of the designing of the of the system, or did you do all that yourself? I did most of that myself because obviously I've been doing heat pumps for probably fifteen years, so I knew it. There's, there was more I needed help with Alan and the technical department more more for like the volumization, the buffering, the uh, whether we used low loss headers. But in Chris's case, it was a very simple system. We we basically just used the three port valve. We didn't we didn't have space for for buffering or for low loss headers, or you know we had a very simple and we all any hydraulic separation none of that it was um, it was a
0: very simple very easy very enjoyable you know installation to do wonderful thank you and Chris there's obviously benefits for you regarding the carbon have you noticed any other benefits of having a heat pump well it doesn't seem to have it certainly hasn't increased our
2: bills um I mean, we've had a lot of things changed in our house, so you can't make ter- over time, so you can't make terribly good comparisons. But we we used to have a a um, gas and electricity tariff with our supplier, but you put those two things together, and it's not costing us any more to heat our house. Um, in fact, it's probably less than it was before.
0: I think Chris, obviously your heat pump's now been installed for a good few years, um, so you've had it serviced, I presume. I think Alistair's serviced it, but um, to be
2: honest, <laughs> it doesn't stick in my mind as an issue. I think it just happened at some point.
1: I think we've been we've been in this house so much that it it just gets done. Yeah, there
2: there is quite a good little um, icon on the on the control that tells you when it's supposed to be serviced. Um, but I think it had already been serviced. So yeah, we didn't we haven't had any any issues or problems on that front
0: at all. Alistair, when it comes to servicing, I mean, you will have a lot of heat pumps now that, out there in your portfolio. Um, what actually is involved in servicing a heat pump? Oh, there's loads. There's
1: loads. It was originally, I mean, usually they're put in by by people who are just put in paid to put them in as quickly yeah. as possible. So often the setup's not right. You know, glycol levels need to be checked. Obviously, the evaporator plates need to be clear of debris. Yeah. Um, insulation checks, obviously, as I mentioned, you know, restrictions, obstructions... Um, it, but it's mainly, I mean, m- my priority year on year, and it's what I tell people when I go to service. Is year on year, when people commission a heat pump, you don't necessarily know how they live. So everyone will maybe put the the, the water on fifty five degrees, and sometimes they go, "Well, I only need forty five degrees. I don't need," and you know, and so it's really year on year going and tweaking, tweaking, tweaking to get the performances higher. You know, we we've got a lot of interfaces where we can remotely monitor. Yeah, We can remotely monitor. We can see how the heat pump's performing. So prior to going to the service, we know what the heat pump's doing. We know how much, what SEOP they're running at, pretty
0: much. And we try year on year to improve that. So that's pretty much the nature of the service. It's a lovely way to do it as well. So a customer paying for you to service the appliance and you actually saving the money when you've been. How long does it usually take to service a heat pump? <sighs> it varies. It depends. It's like how long's a piece of string.
1: I mean, I, yesterday I went to one. I only I only had an hour and a half anyway. Yeah. And I've got to go back again. So I had an hour and a half set it up. I mean, they had a Mitsubishi. I had to then, you know, uh, they've got remote interfacing. So I had to link that with WPS. And yeah. so I could remotely monitor it. And um, yeah, I'll be, I have to go back again. But yes, it takes, it can take an hour. It can take more. It varies. It's not,
0: uh, it's a movable feast really. Lovely. Thanks for that guys. really interesting. And for a final topic, I really want to focus on the relationship between the installer and the homeowner. Um, we recently did a poll on Instagram asking installers how they felt about talking about heat pumps in customers' houses. Not surprisingly, a lot of people were unconfident in talking about heat pumps to their customers. Um, I, I think clearly a lot more needs to be done to bring the industry up to speed with the technologies and how to communicate the benefits to, to homeowners. Alistair, um, what more could be done to help installers communicate the benefits of a heat pump to homeowners. I go to so many houses to talk about
1: heat pumps and uh it's it's very important to to understand their motivations. Yes. I think that's that's the most important thing. So I, I, I try to mainly listen to what they want before I try and sell them what I think they should have. And and then I'll, I'll design something that um you know will
0: will work. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think nowadays it's really important to make sure that the customer gets the right solution for their heating and hot water. So going back maybe five, ten years ago, it was just accepted that we would just install a boiler and away you go. But now it's about making sure that you're matching the customer with the right type of product and to the home as well, because obviously
1: we've got an aged housing stock and uh, you know that loses heat. So you know, I'll, I'll talk about um, insulation and things like that as well prior to because you know there is a there is a pecking order in terms of how it should work you know the the house holder should then should first concentrate on making their you know insulating their home that's the cheapest most effective way of retaining heat because it's pointless producing it and then i i tend to have a rule of thumb if if it's if it's going to be over 12 kilowatts i don't tend to bother suggesting a heat pump because the house is losing too much too much heat i've seen you know systems out there where people will cascade them and have you know, 24 kilowatts of heat pump pushing into a house, and you think, well, why? It's just not going to they're not going to thank you for it. Yeah, um, do you have like a minimum SCOP that you walk away from a job? We always try, where possible, to retrofit underfloor. We always we like underfloor. It can be easily retrofitted now. Um, you, you can do it, you know, with just losing like 38 mil to finish floor in your home. So ground floors, we tend to try and do retrofit underfloor, and it works really well because then we can do 35 degree flow temperatures. We can guarantee SCOPs over four with that sort of temperature. But, you know, that's, that's what we try and do, yeah, if possible. But it depends on budget. It's always budget. It's always money. Money, unfortunately, is always the, yeah, the main motivator.
0: Of course. Yeah, uh, because there will become a tipping point where putting the changes to the fabric, changes to the building, just outweigh any of the savings that can be made. Absolutely absolutely. And Chris from a homeowner perspective do you think there's more that we or the industry could be doing to raise the awareness of heat pumps to consumers?
2: Yeah I think it's not just a question of raising awareness I think that that's now I mean I'm professionally a communications strategist and consultant and um, so I've been working on climate stuff since 1988 and um, you know worked as just doing consultancy for the last 20 years And there are lots of people who are now aware of heat pumps in the UK in the way that they weren't two or three years ago. Um, But it's understanding their perceptions and motivations and also from the industry's point of view, the segmentation of the different groups of people you've got. Where are they at? You know, potential customers and people who are already um, getting heat pumps in different ways and some of that's cross industry and it really ought to be you know if possible the industry and maybe some government agencies if the right one still exists to do some qualitative research and um, understand those perceptions of what the selling points are so like just listening to Alistair you know if you wanted to talk about underfloor as an important thing then the The 38 mils, the gap, you know, as well as the cost, the difference to actually makes to your floor. You don't have to dig the whole floor up, maybe, but you just put something on top of it if there's enough head space, which there isn't in our house. Um, That might might be the main selling point you need to. You don't need to explain all the rest of the stuff that you guys need to talk about, for example. And things like um, the flow temperature, you know, for which has had some awareness, uh, it has been in the news because of the gas crisis, the energy crisis. But that's something that most people don't think about. But the easy way to think about it probably is just that do you need to add cold water to a bath? in order to get into it you know if you do you didn't really need to heat the water that much but those are those are sort of like the indicators of whether or not your house and how quickly your house gets cold does it need more insulation all of those things need wrapping around it now you know do you try and um communicate that through talking about the heat pump that's another question but I think those are that um, there's a lot of work that needs needs to be done there because otherwise, what happens to heat pumps is that people attach all those problems to the heat pump. So they'll say, "Are you getting a heat pump?" Or oh, I had a terrible problem with having to do this, or I heard people had this problem or that problem. But they're not actually a problem caused by the heat pump. They're a problem caused by a lack of insulation or maybe installers uh, not knowing things or being unavailable but or they're just trying to run their house in a very wasteful way and they're not thinking about cutting down the amount of energy they use first and then getting a heat pump to supply the
0: rest of the energy that those sorts of conversations yeah and i think that leads me on to a, a a nice question chris is that you know what's your best piece of advice for a homeowner listening to this podcast that's thinking about making the transition to uh to a heat pump
2: well that's a good question i think they should if they're looking online they should look at the um refrigerants that are the gases that are in them now that That's a problem because it depends a lot on being able to understand what's written on the manufacturer's websites. But they should be looking for natural refrigerants if they're doing it from a green point of view. Um, If you're talking about a greenish consumer, which is probably a large chunk of the market now, you know, people who would like to do green things. It's not only cost, but I mean, I think what people do is they look at the, they think we want to do something green. What can we afford to do? And that's when the cost comes into it. And then they decide what to do and find a, somebody who can give you advice, who's done lots of installations and also who understands energy.
0: Alistair, what advice would you give to a, an installer that's primarily gas at the moment wanting to move into heat pumps? Well, I mean, in my experience, Valiant have got incredible resources
1: at their disposal. They've got their um, Valiant. Well, they had a Centre of Excellence. It's now transposed into an academy, and I think that was probably because of lockdown. And um, so we're, we, you can be connected through your desktop computer. You can do an introductory course to heat pumps. I think they were doing... A, they did something on decarbonisation, um, and, I, and I know there are other things in the works. But that's the first first point of call. Um, obviously, get get Registered with MCS, you need an accredited body, There are NIC, EIC, or in my case, NAPIT. And the catch 22 is that you need to have your, you need to have an install for them to assess you on. So, uh, in my opinion, what I'd suggest would be that Valiant could introduce some sort of buddy scheme where they could come to your install that you're doing, learn on the job in the day. So, therefore, you with, coupled with your experience in the field, after all, that's how we used to learn at college. You go for a college day, and then most of the time, you be on you be working on the tools, you know, gaining experience in the field. I say the same thing. You do your 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 manufacturing training. You have the technical support as well from the technical department, and then you can buddy up with someone if you feel before you do your first install. You are therefore confident to do your first install, knowing you know with the benefit
0: of someone else's experience who's been doing it for a number of years. Wonderful, Alistair, thank you. So I'm just about getting ready to wrap the podcast up. Um, I always do this, Alistair. I don't know um, if you've got more work that you can handle at the moment for heat pumps, but would you like to do a shameless plug for your business? A shameless plug? Yeah, we've got
1: quite a lot of work,
0: um, but it's always good. You you can look me up. um, Best place to look me up is ecoplum.org. I'm sure you'll agree we've covered a lot of ground here. It's been especially interesting to get some first-hand insights from a homeowner. Sometimes it's easy to forget that the job doesn't stop once the installation is complete. I hope our listeners have taken something useful away from today's episode. All the links and resources mentioned today can be found in the episode description.